Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Mike Norton of the Marketing Group at Harvard Business School. Mike and Dan discuss their experiments in online dating, virtual dating, and speed dating. Their conversation is based on a chapter in Dan's latest book, The Upside of Irrationality. So, Mike, you're an attractive, smart, uh, interesting professor at Harvard, highly successful, still single, right? More or less? Uh, in a relationship. In a committed relationship. That's correct. Wow, that's very exciting. Um, so over the years, how long have I known you? Probably eight years. Eight years. Okay. And over these eight years, you've dated uh, substantially, we can say? <laughs> I have dated a few people. <laughs> a few people. And um, we, we tried to study together online dating. And uh, what, what's your take on online dating? How, how good is this approach? How important is it? I think it's uh, incredibly important. So it's um, there are millions and billions of people in the world who are single who would rather not be, and meeting someone to spend your life with is the hardest task that we do, uh, and it's very hard to meet people. So it's 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 not it's both hard to find somebody that you'll love the rest of your life, but it's also just hard to meet them to even figure out if you would love them for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think I think part of it is the is the modern work environment. We keep on moving all the time. We work long hours. Uh, it's kind of taboo to date people at, uh, at the workplace. And because of that, it's incredibly hard. That's right. And how much, how much can you get out of bars? You go there, it's noisy, it's hard to talk to somebody, hard to figure it out. So online dating has this pot- amazing potential. That's right. Uh, do, but do they live to their potential? Yeah, so you log on to, if you, if you think about going to a bar and there are some single people there and you try to shout at them for 10 minutes and you can't hear, and then you sign up for an online dating website and you click, I want someone between this age and this looks like this. And you've got 50 pages of faces yeah. that you can click an email. It's an extraordinary market that, that never existed before, that has amazing potential. And yet when we started this research and we talked to people doing online dating, they did not have stories that said, wow, it was fantastic. I went in this amazing market and found somebody a week later and now I've been married for 10 years. They said I had weird dates with weird people and I hated <laughs> and I quit a week after I started. Yeah. And that was, I think, where we started was to say amazing potential, terrible, terrible user experience. What's going on? Yeah, and I mostly, I mostly spend lots of lots of time for very few, very few dates. Uh, or very few coffee. An awkward coffee a week, yeah. I think. Did, did, you ever, did you ever try uh, eHarmony? Have you Go ever on logged on to? I've logged. I actually yeah. took their, their personality test. Yeah, so, so what do you think? I think it's a very smart... T- eHarmony is actually very clever about what they're doing. What, what do you think about their approach? Compared to, to websites like Match.com, which are... You can sign up and five minutes later be searching for people. eHarmony requires you to fill out these very long personality surveys. And they tell you that they have uh, some... In some sense, a secret sauce where they can match you with people who are soulmates for you. And... Leaving aside whether or not that's true, there are other features of the site that are very interesting. When you fill out that very long survey, one thing that you do is you have sunk costs. So you've just spent an hour filling out very long surveys. So and, you... and if you spend an hour, it must be it must right. be great. Something good must come out of it. So And if other people spend it, there must be real right. magic into this. That's right. The other thing that it can serve as, of course, is a screening mechanism. Yeah. So on websites where you can just put in your age and then start searching, 
you have no commitment to showing that you really care about finding a partner. Yeah. If you're really willing to take an hour of your life and fill out personality, you might screen out some people who aren't serious about it, and you really do end up with people uh-huh. who want to get married. Yeah. And therefore, they're more likely to get married. But it's not because of... Or at least want, want a relationship. Yes. You don't know about marriage. That's right. Actually, they don't allow married people on uh, eHarmony, I think, which is kind of unique mm. to that uh, website. But, but the secret sauce is also interesting, right? Because I think they keep kind of the mystery of... Uh, magic of romance it's right. not just it's not just this formula of age, age. and religion and weight and whether you're uh, uh, what profession you're on right. but there's some magic into all these really bizarre questions mm-hmm. and again there, there's likely some signal in that right mm-hmm. so and we do I mean psychologists do know some of what makes people like each other yeah but we certainly don't know if we took a thousand people which 500 men should marry which 500 women. Yes. Right? Or which one man should marry that, which. Yeah, that's right, exactly. We get yeah. some of it right, but, yeah. but we get a lot of it wrong. So, so, so in general, we find that uh, the marriage rate in the U.S. has not increased dramatically as the number of people have started dating mm-hmm. online. Nor has the divorce rate decreased. Yeah, <laughs> so so it's, it's hard to, to think of it as a great success. At the same time, it's an incredibly important market. But it's kind of a depressing that is not is not working very well. Yeah. So, uh, we tried our own version of a dating market, which we call the virtual dating. And and what do you think was the the magic of that particular approach? So I think virtual dates. So this was with our our colleague uh, Gina Frost, who who was the one who came up with and and designed virtual dates to begin with. And I think her initial intuition was, you need something to bridge you from looking at profiles online to sitting face to face with someone to help you make that transition. It's it's so different life online versus life offline that the notion was can we insert something in the middle? And then the question is what do you insert in the middle? It could be a phone call. Sometimes people mm-hmm. do that. It's very awkward. Uh, and, and so the the notion was can we get some kind of activity or some kind of thing that you can do together? And then it said, well why not make it kind of like a date? Yeah. a pre-date online and make it fun and make it interesting and make it cute and see what happens. Yeah. But, but there's also, there was also the idea that when you go online and just describe people by attributes, it's just not the way we consume people. Right. And you want something that gives you the feeling of the person. We don't know how you feel people. We don't know what, what it means to appreciate something but, or somebody. But uh, if we create something that looks more natural... Like you play a game together when you right. do something together. And, and the dating might have survived kind of in an evolutionary sense because it might make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and if we look at how they, people date, maybe it tells you what, what they want to do. You know, we also did another experiment. I don't know if you remember this. Um, we, we went through lots and lots of emails of online dating. And we found out that most of the email was incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much like speed dating, right? People just don't know what to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we had one game in which we didn't allow people to just freely chat. We gave them a list of eight, 20 questions that mm-hmm. they could ask. But the questions were all interesting, right? People ask about the weather and where you go to school. They want to really ask, what's your sexual fantasies and how many partners have you had and what did you break up from the last one? That's right. And we allowed people to only ask those questions. And the other side of the, the equation could say, no, I don't want to answer this. That's right. But because it was permissible... If you think about it, it could be a social coordination issue. You get people to a room and you don't tell them what to talk about, they'll talk about the weather. Right. You say you only can talk about personal, intimate stuff, it's a better right. equilibrium than talk about personal stuff. And in, in fact, we did tiers. So we did 
there are different levels of personal questions and you can you can ask anyone you want any level but when you do that the other person's allowed to ask you one from that category as well that's right so if i'm going to ask you something very personal i have to know that you're then allowed to get me back in that category as well that's right and and people people quickly accelerate it and ask really a meaningful meaningful question which makes you wonder about why do we end up talking about sports and uh, yeah and whether in the in the outside world, uh, I wonder, do you think we could take some of the lessons we, we got from online dating and put them into the physical world to make uh, dates in bars and social meeting better? You know, it's, it's funny. One, one of the initial intuitions for how to structure the virtual dates that we did was to say, well, when people are on a real date, what happens? Yeah. And the answer is there's a lot of awkward silence. And you're praying for something to happen in the environment. Yeah. In some sense. Both of you implicitly are saying, I hope the waiter drops a drink. <laughs> so I can say, look at that bozo who dropped a drink. Or whatever. There, yeah, you, I mean, you, you, go, you go to a place with, when stuff happens. You don't go to a place where it's like a perfectly empty right. space where you could just clearly focus on each That's other. Right. You're praying that there's things in the environment that happen. And so then, the, then you go easily from that to say, well, why don't we just... Give people those things rather than make them wait for them and see then what happens. Yeah. Going so forward. so you could you could actually create a bar when more things are happening. Yeah. When people do spill drinks or tell jokes or yeah. Do and this crazy, is why bars stuff. have darts and a pool and all these things. Right? <laughs> Just hope that somebody will miss. <laughs> That's right. And we go to movies, so we don't talk during the movie, but then That's afterward right. we can talk about the movie. So you yeah. insert an environmental event, but it's very unclear that the things that we've decided are first dates are at all good for actual first dates mm-hmm. in the real world, right? There may be way, way better in initial interactions that we could structure for people that would make them much happier and get to know each other much better. Yeah. And, you know, I also think that bars have, uh, the reason they have loud music uh, is that, first of all, people could stand closer to each other physically. Mm-hmm. So if I need to shout at your ear, I can get closer to you, right. physically create kind of a, a sense of intimacy. It also helps... And also, by the way, if you're looking away, I, I can touch you to get your attention. Oh, that's in, good. In just a way as though I'm... Yeah, I haven't dated for a while, so it's, <laughs> it's good for you. And I also think it masks uh, awkward silence. Yeah. It's okay to be to be quiet and just listen to the music, but the idea that we want more things to happen is kind of interesting. So yeah. um, what what kind of things should we, should we do? Um, live theater is probably good. Uh, something with audience participation. Mm-hmm. It's probably good shared ex- shared experiences. All yeah. that could create higher higher level of yeah. understanding each other. Now, what do you think about games? So, um, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about doing kind of economic games. I know economic games are not interesting, but you know, we said, for example, what if we play the prisoner dilemma game? Right. And you say you're a trust you're, game. A trust game. So you're you're person A and I'm person B, and you can pass money. They can return to you, and. Would people really learn about it? Now, economic games are not that kind of exciting. They don't have a lot of nuances around them. Right. But what do you think about online game playing or even physical game playing as a way to get to know the true character of the other? And, and the nice thing about economic games is that there's a stake, there's a decision about how much you give and how much you take and how selfish you are and how, many, how much you think about the other That's person. Right. That's right. Well, I mean, again, if you think about real-world things that people do, they join sports leagues. Mm-hmm. So you see people engaged in competitive activity, competitive yeah. activity and cooperative activity simultaneously, mm-hmm. and you really can try to figure out who's taking it seriously, all these sorts of things, right? So are yeah. they a good teammate? Are they a jerk to the other team? 
in those how much know, tip how much tip do they leave that's right how much do they care about the other people how do they drive are they courteous do they that's open right. doors so can we can we somehow think about games that would systematically measure how people would react and, and behave in the outside world mm-hmm. and of course the big mystery is how would people be with kids in Judaism we call people kind of pediatric Jews people who don't care about religion until they get kids and all of a sudden they completely yeah, yeah. care about that Uh, we both have a, a mutual friend that was a, a swore atheist and said that he will never go into any religious organization. And then he married a Mormon woman and he kept on saying that he will never go into this until they had kids. And she started taking the kids to church and now he teaches Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> a, a devout, he's not religious, but he does everything that looks like his... It's a fine line. And, and of course, he could never anticipate that this is how he... He would behave uh, I don't know what she what do you think did she anticipate that or not probably <laughs> but but there is a question about how we are now so imagine that you and I are thinking about dating and we can create all kinds of games that would tell us what what kind of a person you are now how that's generous right. caring thoughtful that's right uh, strategic but what about games that would get people to simulate how they would behave if and when they have a Dev kids what what would games like this look like so I'll tell you what a, what a fascinating thing to do would be to put people in different emotional states and see how they would oh, react to things. yes so how does this person act when they're angry how do they act when they're jealous how do they act when they're happy and you could you could structure the environment such that you made people irritated or not and then have them play the game as opposed uh-huh. to make them happy or not and you'd learn an enormous amount about people where you get them off yeah. their best behavior and In terms of who they really are in different moods so but so you but get you their variability want, yeah you would want not both people to that's be right. in, in the mood that's right so I'd you, be screening you <laughs> and I could watch you in a room being angry or whatever right yeah yeah hmm. uh, so you would want me to go and uh, interact with my dean or my mother or some other annoying thing right. and, and you would observe and then I see if you hold the door for people yeah when you're angry when you're having a bad day right? yeah what do you that's do good. yeah I'm actually usually I, I love the canoeing test yeah You know, canoes, te- canoes are for me fantastic because um, the river is unpredictable, mm-hmm. bad things happen, it's really easy to blame the other person and see how the relationship That's right. works. You know, people who, s- who play bridge say that if you murder your spouse over mistakes they do in bridge, it, as long as the judge plays bridge, they would forgive you yeah. because they would understand how <laughs> annoying it is to give somebody a signal and, and for them it. not to. Again and again. Not to miss it again and again. I think so I think another key thing and maybe we can think about this too is you you it's very difficult to tell if someone is a good listener listener or not mm-hmm. and it's mm. enormously important to everyone really but especially to women yeah so does this person listen to what I'm saying yeah and respond to it in a reasonable way or yeah. do they just like to talk I don't know what I don't know what tasks would be to figure out if someone is truly well you want to you want <laughs> to see if they can do if they can do a task well yeah <laughs> right? that's right. Can they, can they work on their email and listen at the same time? That's right. But, but you know, there was a lot of research in psychology that for a long time said that when you have uh, spousal issues, you should try to do active listening. And you should try and say, yes, darling, and let's talk about it and let's understand it and so on. Um, and, and just before Sumi and I got married, there was a paper that came out and said this is actually not a good mm. idea, that a much better strategy is to say, yes, dear, you're right. <laughs> turns out it's all active listening mm-hmm. just kind of get people to brew the problem and discuss them more and to say yes dear you're right is is much more effective right. 
But uh, so I'll tell you one of my key insights that I have, I believe I've learned about if if actually anyone, but especially if a woman is upset about anything in the world, is uh, men often launch into problem solving mode. Mm-hmm. So a woman says this happened at work, and the man says I'm going to call the guy and I'm going to yell at him, and we're going to fix this, and that's exactly the wrong thing to do in these cases. You you have to be heard before you yeah. can do this. So I believe that the the very best thing to say is uh, a woman will talk for quite some time about why she's upset, and all that you have to say next is that must have been very hard for you. Mm, and that's that's working for you. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're planning? But no, no, no. I'm saying it's working for you personally. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, <see. laughs> I believe it though. But it it implies that you are listening very carefully, yeah. and you're empathizing, mm-hmm. and you'd like to hear more. Okay, and that's very important. Yeah. So we want to create an online task that could actually be used in the physical world that measures measures listening. That's right. Something about the dual task with memory and reminders. I think there's an iPhone application. Well, I'll tell you, I was thinking you're wearing headphones and in one you're having a conversation with your date and the other one there's a sports game on. (laughs) Very good. you see how good you are. Very good. Still having a conversation. And it's your team. It's your team. Or or you can have that the woman is sitting between you and the television. (laughs) And and you can see as a function of... You could do eye tracking (laughs) on the TV face, TV face. Very good, very good. So that's one thing. Uh, I think the idea of measuring emotions is very good because it's true when, when you're a date, you're on your best behavior. Right. How do we rattle people? How do we get them to behave as if they, they would behave? How does this person react when their flight is canceled? Mm-hmm. How do they react when a car splashes them? How do they, you know, these are the things that, you know. Yeah. And then, and then I'm still interested in, in this kids aspect, which is what happens when you have uh, real conflicts about the way you view life because people are very forgiving about themselves and about their spouse but all of a sudden you have kids and you want them to be uh, raised in a specific way that most likely you were raised in and you believe is the absolutely right right way you cannot begin to articulate until you have a kid and then you realize what theories you have i think Yeah. yeah so is could there be could there be a game that would get you to think about that could there be a game that you would sim kids that yeah. you would you would create you would create a kid and exactly. you would decide what to do and you would have to decide what how are you going to compromise and all of those things that are uh, going to be so much so he, essential he has to be picked up at 3 p.m. today i know you have a meeting but i need you to pick him up online at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah. does the guy remember to pick him up at 3 p.m. right yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did so, you bring home you were supposed to get his medicine from the pharmacy did yeah. you go and get it or did you forget after work and now yeah yeah. And, and you know that, that's, that's relatively simple if you just talk about mechanics the questions about uh, what, what religion and what values right. and are you going to give kids uh, pocket money or not are you going to get, give them chores uh, punishment or no punishment I mean, right. these are things that kind of people are, really have strong ideology about I also think in, in dates people don't truly fight about ideology when, when does political opinion or belief come to mind. Maybe we should encourage more fights. Well, the other problem is there's a lot of research, so when people meet people, they implicitly look for similarities. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you look, it's sort of a random walk of nonsense, and then finally they hit on a shared topic, a, and they stay on it for a while. Yeah, and, and because it's, it's so um, endearing and uh, closeness-creating. Right. And, if you, yeah. if, and on if airplanes, if you go, too. You, you find yourself having very random conversations with someone because you eventually found something to talk about that you both agree on. Yeah. But you're saying that may be exactly the wrong thing to do, right? Yeah, <laughs> it it helps you. It helps you create closeness mm-hmm. and liking, uh, 
and, and it might be good for the first and second date. But then the question is, when you get to a decision of whether this is good long-term, you really want to find out how well do you fight together? Yeah. What happens when you really disagree? So maybe, maybe another game is to take topics that people hold incredibly strong opinions about and get them to have mm -hmm. uh, a debate. I, have you ever been to like an, an, a debate team or watched kind of debates in, in high school? Like formalized ones? Yeah. Where you get 20 minutes, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've never seen those, but um, I think that would be kind of maybe a good, mm -hmm. a good dating game yeah. where you get to really debate and see how, how nicely you debate and yeah. how you come out of it. That's right. So you have strong disagreements and you don't care. You know, one of my first how dates... Much, how much are you trying to win versus yeah, yeah. figure it out is a very important thing to know about somebody, yeah. right? I think one of my first dates with Sumi, we were arguing. I made her dinner. And then we kept on arguing until four o'clock in the morning. Was it was the first <laughs> Is that time? A euphemism? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We, and you know what? Whenever somebody was kind of losing an argument or behind, he would just gently switch the topic to something he could think he's he's leading. Uh -huh. And it was four o'clock in the morning, and I had to uh, go to DC the next morning at seven. And I kind of, we were both tired. We were both exhausted. Nobody wanted to give to give up. By that time, we covered physics and chemistry and <laughs> statistics and psychology and politics. We went through topic after yeah, topic after yeah. topic. Um, but, but that's true. I mean, knowing how to fight well is really a good, yeah. a good skill. And, and uh, maybe, so oh, anyway, so maybe, maybe that's what we need to contribute to the world. Yeah. You know, another a game that teaches people, that's right. that examines their fighting skills, examine how they come to both confrontation and resolution and gives them feedback about their style and say, should you stay together or not based on that? You know, another key thing that people need to learn before they can know if they like somebody is, to what extent can this person put another person's needs ahead of their own mm -hmm. in a given moment? <laughs> it's, it's crucial. Yeah. Right? And it's a very hard thing to learn right away, right? But would I ever take $9 to give you 10 yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and those and those of course we have lots of games like this. Right, but we exactly, but but that is a very important thing to know, right? Are they able to sacrifice for a relationship, I think. Yeah. So it easily... it'll be it'll be hard to to do in a real dating situation because people have self-presentation. So, you know, just for the date I That's might right. I might say that unless unless we have lots of money on the table. That's right. Maybe maybe <laughs> That's maybe right. it's real money. So, maybe what we do is we say it's a lottery. So some, sometimes it will happen for real and you have to decide if you take $800 for you or $1,000 to the other person. Right, right. Or, or we could put money well, on the table and say, if you split, this is what will happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of physical pain too, like electric shocks. Oh, that's good. That's good because then you, you really have to do it. and You have to get Yeah, You got to take oh, it. Right and, then, and then we also have a game that we can sell. Yeah. Right? It, could be, it could be a whole kit with different sizes of electric shocks right. and different... Um, yeah, that's that's a very interesting uh, question. How how much would you do? You know, I have to say it's 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 kind of such an incredible feeling to being taken care by somebody. Mm -hmm. Like uh, anybody could get a glass of water, but getting the other person to bring you a glass of water is such a nice, yeah, such a nice thing. And uh, so we can ask: Can we encourage that? Mm -hmm. Can we somehow build it into a? system when people would think more about and many the people, other person. And many people do, it's not that they're not nice people, but they don't even code 
to that as an opportunity to do something nice. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't occur to them to get you a glass of water. Because it's so little. Yes. It's, it's, and you can do it too. Yes. Even if you might not want water right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Honey, do you want some water? Right? If you wanted some water, you would get some. What's, right. what's, the, what's the logic? Right. Yeah. Right. There's a lot to it. Okay, so we have, uh, we have the shocking game that we need to, we need to create. The kids prediction game, yeah. the sim kid, yeah. economic games for dating, uh, emotion, duress, and that seeing how people dual react. Headphones the and dual headphones and TV. The dual headphone and TV. TV. Uh, yeah. So we have, we have lots of work ahead yeah. of us. We're ready. Yeah. Mike, thank you as always. Thank you. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Duke University behavioral economist Dan Ariely. Dan's latest book is The Upside of Irrationality. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.